0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week.
1: We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis
0: you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner.
1: Man podcast. I'm your host, Doc Coyle. Thank you as always for checking out the program. The rain will not stop in Los Angeles. I don't really know what to say. It's a little chilly, a little rainy, a little windy, but we're going to get through it. Uh, I've had a very peculiar last, I guess, week or 10 days since the last show. And I don't know, ever since I've been home, I've talked about this on the show how i i, I kind of go through these like these ups and downs and especially with my my schedule do you hear my my stomach just growl <laughs> with my schedule with regard to touring and coming home and having a tough time finding a rhythm and definitely having it affect my mood and kind of looking at my my habits and i've been you know just this very push and pull thing of kind of honing in on some discipline losing it getting it back it's been it's been very up up and down so it's a lot of a lot of stuff with that and um last week I was really busy with I, I got a lot of I've been recording a lot of podcasts I have about four after this one I have about four in the can um and I'll, I'll talk about that later but I, I spoke with uh, M Shadows Matt the lead singer from Avenged heavenfold and I go way back with him, and I'm a huge fan of that band. Um, they're one of my favorite bands, and I've always kind of looked at them in a light. I probably should leave this <laughs> monologue to like when that show happens, but this is this just it's been it's been in my mind, and so I have I have to talk about it. Can't wait, but. I don't know. I was just very inspired by the conversation. They sent me their new album and I'm really inspired by their new album. You guys hear this. I don't know. I'm sure some people won't like it. I personally find it to be pretty, um, I don't know. Uh, it's like kind of like a game changer for, for a metal album. Cause a lot of it's not metal and it's fucking all crazy. It's like all over the place in a very cool way. And it's just, it inspired me from talking about their process and even their new song, which, uh, called nobody i don't know if you guys have heard that which threw me for a loop when i first heard it i didn't really love it the first time around and then each time it just i just got more and more into it and i love the video and it just now i'm like now i kind of love it um but i don't know i just I, I i felt just to backtrack a little bit i probably spoke on the show a while back about having troubles with guitar solos and i just think you know i've just been dealing with this like passion slash creativity deficit you know and i think a lot of it has to do with you know just being a little bit disconnected maybe doing being you know very very much into doing stuff like this show which is great which which is a very particular kind of creativity but it's not the same as as music and it's it's not it it has you know, a different type of of um expression you know i find the show to be a lot more intellectual and i think music has to be come from this place of base pure emotion that it's like intellectualism can almost ruin it sometimes um i don't know i just feel a little disconnected from that i think the experience of being in bad wolves this last five years has been you know it's changed me a lot of ways and a lot of ways not for the better in terms of uh how i'm just feeling art you know once it becomes a i think there's always that dangerous thing once music becomes your job and you're like you gotta have these results and 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 you i'm sure you guys probably noticed this in the themes and what i i talk about when i talk to artists because a lot of me a lot of what i'm doing is trying to like crack this code of of how do you become successful in a way where you're comfortable and you, you don't have to flip burgers when you're off the road. Um, but then also like maintain some sense of art and originality. And I feel like it's something we're we're losing in some aspects of kind of mainstream rock and metal. Uh, we're losing, the distinction and and character you know we're losing humanness we're losing flaws um you know and I don't know I I, I felt like I've just, I've just had this kind of roller coaster of a week of being inspired and being depressed and back to being inspired again and I don't know I'm just kind of like questioning a lot of things in my life and where I'm at and what I want to do and what I want to express and finding something when I heard that record, I was like, no matter whether people like it or not, I don't know who's going to like it. I don't know who's not going to like it. But it's going to matter. People are going to talk about it. People are going to sift through it. It's going to affect people um, on a visceral level. And I want to do that with anything I do. I don't care what the fuck it is, whether it's this show or uh, writing or music. But, you know, I don't want to just crank out fucking... I don't know, just commerce, you know, it's just not that interesting. And I get it. The, the, the opposite side of that is uh, maybe you're not working. Maybe you're not in a band. Maybe you're doing something else. And it's the downside of, of not having success, of not having some kind of commerce to keep it going, to keep the lights on, makes it difficult. But it's just something I've been kind of working through and trying to figure out and, you know, it's easy in in the midst of this to lose your true north, um, and uh, yeah, I wanna wanna find that a little bit, you know. So I don't know. I feel like I need to go on like on a pilgrimage or something, or you know, do some <laughs> Beatles esque, you know, uh, acid trip or something, you know, and and uh, find the kernel of of, of what is kind of true and real. Uh, but it does it doesn't always work, you know. Uh, but anyway that was pretty much off off the cuff not really sure where that, where that was going to go but something I'm figuring out now I, I hope it doesn't i hope it doesn't bother anybody or people think i'm losing it over here i don't think i'm losing it i think i'm i think you want to you constantly in life you have to find ways back to being uncomfortable so that you can get back to a place that makes sense you know um but you kind of have to fuck things up a little bit sometimes you gotta you know simplify you know to kind of find find where you're at so I'm, I'm in i'm in a place like that but we'll we'll see where it goes it's a it's a process i might feel completely different in a week or two weeks you might go hey what's going on doc you all right and i'm like yeah i'm fine i'm fine i am fine but i actually actually like being in these zones where you kind of knock your head and then you go you know you, you look at the world a little a little askew So, we're going, we have a a show sponsor, and it's a band called Voltrius. I'm trying to find the name of this song. Where's the name of the song? Oh, it's called Separatum. I think that's what it's called. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled that way. Anyway, uh, this is by Voltrius. It's called Separatum. Enjoy. just heard Voltraeus with their brand new song entitled Separate em. And when you spell the band's name, it's V-O-L-T-R-E-U-S. And they are from San Antonio, Texas. They, the band formed during the pandemic. And it's pretty much soon as stuff opened up. They've been playing shows. They released an EP uh, as well as a handful more singles. And um, Separate Them, when you just heard, came out. Uh, about a month ago and it's available on all streaming services it was uh mix and mastered by fernando lemas who also plays drums in lions at the gate i thought the song was really cool it kind of blended some more extreme styles with a little new metal in there and the vocals really stood out to me and it's apparently they have two vocalists um so you can hear a very distinct difference but i thought i thought it was fucking really cool and they won first place in the first round of the Vakken metal battle and uh have a chance to win win it all uh so best of luck to them if you want to check them out pretty much all their uh social media whether it's instagram facebook or tiktok is just the band's name valtreus i think uh instagram and uh tiktok have a underscore after you spell the band name. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. If you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, drop up in the DMS or shoot me an email at the X man podcast at gmail.com. Remember that is EX. And just let you know, I have a bunch of shows in the can. I mentioned I got one with M shadows. We've got A L Levy coming back on the show for a second time. Talking about new Doth. We have Ben Wyman from Dillinger Skate plan and suicidal tendencies coming on the show for another time. We have Chris Garza, from uh Suicide Silence coming back on the show, and we need sponsors. And I'm gonna be getting more guests, so hit me up. Get these slots before these motherfuckers are gone. All right. Quick little intro. We have an awesome guest, man. This was a, a really nice surprise. Um, I never met Jake from August Burns Red. And I mean, this guy is sometimes I don't know if I say this during the, in the interview, but I'm sure I do. Where you, a lot of this conversation was me trying to kind of deconstruct their their success, and hearing this guy talk for for an hour, it's pretty easy to understand why they're so successful. I mean, he's a really smart guy, really inspiring guy, um, and really talented, and and the same for the rest of their band, and very 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 hardworking. So I, I never met Jake before this, but um, obviously a great band. And it was just a really wonderful op- opportunity. And I think if you're a fan of the band, or even if you're not, I think just hearing what Jake has to say um, was just really compelling for myself. And, and it was just a just a really wonderful conversation. So I'm gonna shut up. Let's get to the interview with the incredible Mr. Jake Lors. <music> for uh for taking your time sorry i didn't get to uh say hello to you uh, the other day at at the show and me like an idiot i uh <laughs> i saw your bases dusted dustin and i got him confused for you i'm like these bald head beard handsome dudes i'm just like and i, I immediately i was like god damn it i'm so sorry um but you're you're i should have known because you're quite a bit more diesel you know because you know you're the gym man so i probably should put that together but sorry i didn't get to say hello
2: no, that's okay man. That that's all right. Yeah, um I heard you were, were there but yeah, we we just didn't didn't connect but um I hope you enjoyed the show man and and um, thanks for having me on on your on your, your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I mean that's probably the third time I've seen you guys in the last few years. I saw you with Killswitch at the Play and I saw you with Parkway Drive at the Play as well, but headlining man, it was uh it was really great. Actually no, Killswitch show was at the Wiltern. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was but. an awesome tour, man. Touring with Killswitch, I mean, I don't know, they're they're, they're great dudes, and uh, you know Howard was on that tour as well, and um, Jesse's just such a such a good good guy. Um, so that was a that was a that was a fun trip. This tour's sure. going great. Um, you know, eighty five minutes a night is a little little uh, extensive for me, but you know it's a twenty year
1: anniversary, so you just gotta you know step up and step to the
2: plate. You know what I mean? So.
1: Yeah, I mean as, as long as the uh the crowd uh can kind of hold with you that long I, I I find sometimes you know with kind of the more intense the music is and the heavier the music is sometimes there's almost like a uh only so much the crowd can take especially when you're you have these super heavy great bands before you you hope people aren't worn out you know before you go on
2: Yeah, dude, there's a lot of like it's a it's a long night of just like hitting you over the head with with you know breakdowns and screaming and everything else but i mean it's it's been awesome man like um bleed from within and the double wars Prada are just everybody's like nice and positive and happy to be here um and that really makes it you know that makes it good for us too because we kind of have the stresses of you know it being our headliner getting things together all the production and and things like that. So it's nice that the, the other bands are walking around and they're, they're, they're excited, you know, they're excited to be on the tour. Um, they're connecting with the crowds. Uh, you know, they're bringing in their fans and it's just a, it's just been, it's been really good. So, um, but yeah, for 85 minutes to keep people's attention, you know, especially nowadays where, you know, things happen in 15 seconds and then other people want, you know, they want their next fix, you know? So, uh, but it's, it's been, it's been dope, man
1: yeah man I mean you guys always sound great. there's kind of a a degree of I think musicianship and professionalism and and you you speak to the production I mean, I even noticed when I saw you guys with Killswitch, switch it seemed like you guys had more lights and stuff going on stage than even they did so it seems like something you it's something as a band you've invested in and made really something that you think is a priority absolutely yeah um you know
2: we haven't really. We're not necessarily or in the past we're like a production band um to the extent of like some of our some of our peers, but we definitely felt like our light show was something that we wanted to pay more attention to um, specifically for the 20 year anniversary, but we did start kind of growing and investing in that light production during the kill switch tour um, and uh it's been fun it's 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 kind of. Um, interesting how much goes into the light show, and you know, our light engineer, like, he just told me, like, for pre production, he spent like four days from like I don't know, 11 o'clock in the morning till about four in the morning, just programming everything and working through all of like the little intricacies of the light show, um, for us to be what it is, you know, for the 20th anniversary, and um, you know, I'm just I'm amazed by it, honestly. Um, and I think that it adds a lot to the to the show, especially if you're going to be there for performing for 85 minutes. Like, um, I think that there, there's a great need for a light show that's top notch. But um, I'm I'm always a firm believer that if you want to be uh, successful, you need to have a good body um, of people. Right. And And, you know, this like you know, you can't do it just the band, you know, you've got to have everybody, your crew's got to be on top of their game and, and things. And so when, you know, you kind of spoke about like us really trying to be professional, it's like our whole, our whole crew and team puts in so much work to make sure that we are the best that we possibly can be every night. And, um, and so, yeah, the, the light show and the work that goes into it and the crew, doing all their work i just i gotta give them bad props man because like that's they carry a lot of the weight of how we look and how we sound and you know how things operate up there um it's funny like we were doing like a meet and greet yesterday and a fan was like i want to get on stage like can you put me on stage and i i laughed and i was like brother you're talking to the wrong dude like do you think because i'm the front man like i can just do whatever i want like kevin our guitar tech i'm like that's kevin's stage bro like that's that's the guy who owns that stage, you know, and um, and he does, you know, and he does a really good job of making sure everybody's where they need to be, things are where they're where they need to be, and um, and it's down to the little nitty gritty things, you know, to make shows as smooth. And again, you know that, right? You're like all those little intricacies, um, making sure that everything's in the right spot. So, so yeah, man, um, it's been great, and um, I'm just uh, I'm very thankful for the team that we have because
1: this tour is just been really, really smooth because of them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a testament to just really the how successful you guys are, which is something that has always been um, not like something I've been confused by, but something I'm almost like fascinated with, with with your band in particular, because you're, you're not like making songs for the radio. You're not even for the metalcore style. It's not like you have these big hooky choruses in terms of from a melodic standpoint like vocally like you're doing that thing like you guys have kept it pretty heavy pretty technical like it's not like in in, it's in you know the songs you have like this uh progressive streak to them so there's a certain type of kind of informed nerdy listener and just following guys through the years you've had you know top 10 albums on billboard you've been nominated for a grammy and i see the level of shows and you know, and I know this show, uh, the show I show was saw I saw was sold out or or close to it. It looked like, and I from my hear the whole tour is that way. And then I look at what other bands in the genre, you know, I know like Fit for a King was out. seemed like all those sh- their shows are selling out. Is this just like some peak for metalcore? Like I feel like this this genre is kind of at this new zenith that we haven't seen before.
2: Boy, I hope so. That's cool, right? To to feel that and to sure. see that. Um I I think there's definitely something in the water. Um, and because we were kind of talking about that too. We were we were like kind of noticing that like um shows are really popping off for a bunch of different tours right now. And I think I think some of that might be um, you know, that there's a lot of people that, you know, going to shows is their way of release or um you know, getting rid of some stress or their community and family or their home. Right. Like, um, so I think after COVID, that whole situation, I think that there's maybe, maybe there's a bounce back for that. Um, but I also think that as the genre is maturing, um, I think that bands are looking to find more of their uniqueness and, uh, creativity um, because I think what happened was like when it popped off in like the early 2000s, there was a huge wave. And then I felt like the market, and this is just my personal opinion. Obviously everybody has their own, but like, I felt like the market kind of got oversaturated and there was a lot of replication. Um, and they, they're, they're checking the sound. Can you hear that? No. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it's got, like, oh, boy, I got to love those spot. AirPods. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> So, I feel like there was like a, the market got oversaturated and there was a lot of replication. And then, you know, it seemed like there was a a season where people who really, really worked hard survived the wave. Yeah. And a lot of some of some of bands dropped off, right? Um, And I think right now, me personally, looking at the bands that are in the scene currently I feel like really are going this artistic route and finding creativity and maturing as artists. And, you know, one that I, obviously I'm on tour with these gentlemen and I watch them and I really enjoy them, but um, the Delaware Prada, their new music, their new record to me is uh, unique and um, and I like it a lot. I really just resonate with it. And um, uh, so I think that that's what's happening. I think that people are excited for to get back into the scene and to go to shows. And I also think that maybe the COVID pandemic was a little bit of a wake up call for some musicians where either we were like, we got to step up our game or it's like, man, we almost lost what we had, you know, like we, like maybe some of us took it for granted that we could go on tour and just write music and, you know, all these things. And, or maybe, you know, for us, you know, with our record death below, like, we collectively, as a band, went through a lot of dark times and struggles during those those two years. And so maybe it ignited something in us or woke us up or or um, you know, life got real. So maybe we did too with our with our with our music. So um, you know, I think there's a lot of variables within the equation, but I love seeing it. I love that people are back out. I love that. I feel like there's this energy of unification. It within our genre of music of like unity and you know wanting to look out for each other and and support one another um and i and I just I, that's what I'm all about, man, I love that
1: are you noticing through like meet and greets and just seeing the crowd does it seem like there are a collection of new fans and younger fans and people kind of in the process of discovering this culture
2: absolutely um what we're seeing, which is wild is you know, obviously 20 year anniversary, uh, tour. It's crazy to say that. Um, you know, cause when I was 16, I was like, I'm angry. I want to like, you know, get in a van trailer and, uh, you know, preach my gospel, whatever that was, you know, that my message. And now it's 20 years and we have fans that are meet and greet with their kids, you know, their 15 year old kids. And they're like, yeah, like my son, you know, him and his friends are here. Like, you know they they love hardcore shows or they love metal shows and so you're seeing you're seeing a lot of that and then we are seeing a lot of people that have never been to a show before period which is which is rare and then a lot of people their first time for ABR shows so like I said I think there's definitely something in the water um, and maybe it's almost like a revival of the metalcore scene uh, but it's it's a beautiful thing and. Uh, we're here for it, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a revival. I think it's a new plat- I think it's like a new plateau, and I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the a the um, progression of how each generation kind of builds on the previous generation, and how like you know I grew up listening to Metallica, and the next generation grew up listening to Slipknot, right? And how yeah. that like affects just what you're okay with in terms of the extremity of things. And I remember seeing you guys back in the day with Unearth. and I I can't remember what venue it was. I mean, I think it was somewhere in like North Jersey. It was right Mm -hmm. when you guys were like popping off. And, Mm -hmm. and, but I remembered like he listened to your guys early records and thinking and hearing it. And I was like, I'm like, this reminds me of Unearth. Like, but like a newer version of that, like a little more like techie, a little, maybe a little faster, a little more intense. But I saw the kind of fans and um, like when you guys started out, I mean, I don't I don't know the like the status, but you guys were known as a Christian band. You came out of that scene, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were signed to Solid State Records, and um, you know, that was at the time, I'm not sure if they are now still, or but they they were a faith-based label. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we were, you know, there was a um a big wave of like Christian hardcore metal you know metalcore bands like uh Under Oath Norma Jean. so we were pretty much attached to that Devil whole... Prada as well right Yeah yeah I think so yeah we were we were pretty much all a part of that that wave um in the early I guess mid 2000s
1: Yeah and and we always noticed cuz god forbid Myel band we were coming up you know we would play with Zayo and and bands like yeah. that and we and our our joke especially with god forbid because some people go are, you, are those guys christian i'm like yo i think we should start telling people we're christian because we knew every band that was christian would have like this built-in audience and we would be like jealous you know <laughs> you know of because you know you had to you had to go out there and and do the grind and, and and everything and and i felt like um there was definitely something with a band like yourself because you were your guys were obviously very good but then you have this other um avenue of kind of, of of exposing fans. You have people coming for that and this other kind of kind of culture. But I think there's mm-hmm. this other thing that I noticed at that time, because I remember when you guys were popping off and like Parkway Drive and Of Mice and Men. And I started, it was kind of at the same time, this was like going from mid into late uh, aughts. Bands like Unearth and Ourselves were kind of like falling off. Bands like Shadows Fall. And all these bands were kind of coming up and at the time, I remember thinking like, I was like, oh, metalcore is like this thing that's going to kind of fade. Like, I didn't think it would have lasting power. And, sure. I, and and only in hindsight, i look at it. And I think a lot of it is because a lot of our uh, uh, generation of bands, we all tried to like cross over into the metal world because there mm. wasn't really a quote unquote metalcore scene in the way we think about it now. Um, right. And so, yeah. whereas like that, if you just kind of came out at the right time, and I think to me the Bridge Band is that is like asily dying. They were like that right. They kind of came out a little later, but just enough where they were like right in between that next generation of bands. And if you were doing, I felt like the next wave of metalcore bands were didn't look at metalcore as like a a bad word, right? They just like this is what we are. Here's a group of bands, and then you kind of kind of cross pollinate that with the Christian scene. And then you have this great kind of base of young people. And that's the thing I noticed between the fans was your guys' fans at that other show was like definitely younger. And so then yeah. that group of kids kind of grows with you through the years, you know? So sure. these, are, these are my like theories that I put together through the year. I was like, why does, cause you look at it, right? And you go, why is this band successful and this band not right. And you have to try and figure out what that is, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know,
2: um, well, first, I want to say thank you to you and, you know, the bands um, in your, you know, when you guys hit the streets and started popping off, like, you, A, inspired all of us, you know, like, all of your, unearthed, ba- you know, you guys, like, like, um, BT Bam, like, Poison the Well, um, sure. you know, there's so many bands that, Um, that we listen to, you know, for us to get inspiration. And you guys, you know, basically built the foundation, the floorboards for us to stand on, you know what I mean? So like without you guys, like we wouldn't be doing this, you know, or we would be in the same situation where now we're trying to create something, something that's going to be self-sustainable for a genre of music to live, you know what I mean? For like a home to be built. So I want to say thank you um, because – you're you are a part of that you i know appreciate what I mean? it like, i feel like you I, gave I can take no
1: credit but thank you <laughs>
2: well you 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 should take credit um and i'm giving you credit appreciate um it. yeah because that's that's where we are you know and and like you know if we hadn't gone on tours uh with with all these bands we wouldn't really have this, this this beautiful place that we call home um but yeah i think that that, that there is a progression and i like that you um not that you corrected me but you i like your perspective better when you say i don't think it's a revival you know i think that there's a i think that there is a gr- there's growth here right that's happening yep. and and the genre of music is flourishing and um and it, and i think you're right um but yeah i think that there there was like you know it's almost like timing you know was really on our side with when august burns red came to the scene and the opportunities that we that we were given um and and accepting those opportunities and working really hard you know i'm not trying to just the um disrespect the band's efforts but i think that you know because of bands prior to us kind of setting the scene the stage giving us that opportunity and yeah we were inspired by so many of those bands and it's like i think that that's You know, what we're seeing now is like, okay, let's take what is here and how can we make it our own and what can we add as artists? And I think that that was maybe when I said it got oversaturated and there's a lot of replication, it was almost like, okay, what's trendy right now? You know, it's cool. Let's do it. Um, You know, this, that. Let's do that. You know. Um, And so I think what we're seeing is we're seeing bands say, hey, like, let's let's not forget we're artists. You know, let's not forget that we are individuals within the music scene and we have the ability to create music that comes from the heart. And And I think that that's something that ABR, you know, you had mentioned, you know, like we've kind of stayed ourselves and, um, and that's where we've always kind of had um, – For us, it's always been like, hey, we have to write music for ourselves first before we write for others. And um, this album, Death Below, is definitely not where I thought we were going to go, right, as a band. Um, But I think the two years in the pandemic, the feelings that we felt, the things that we went through... um, you can hear it in the writings of JB and Dustin writing the instrumentation and obviously in the lyrical content. So um, again, on this record, we stuck true to ourselves. It's definitely more dark, dreary, um, and progressive than records previous. But I think think that our fan base and outsiders can resonate with it because they... I think the whole world was hurting during the pandemic. I, I think everybody was feeling how we felt or might've gone through loneliness or isolation or depression or had, you know, some traumatic experiences. Um, and so we, we wrote about that on this record in hopes that maybe we could just feel, give someone else the feeling of not being alone in what they experienced during the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, um, that's the route that we generally try to take is just like us being artists, us being human. And we have such an amazing fan base. Like, you know, it's, cr- it's it's crazy to me how much our fans love us as people and how much they follow us as individuals. And there's like a line that they they have chosen to step over where it's like, it's not just about the music anymore. It's about these guys. And yeah, it's like, you know. whoa, you know what I mean? Like that to me is like such a place of honor. Um, and, and we don't take that lightly. I don't, I don't think, you know, and, um, and it's just really amazing. Like, like, for example, we were in Salt Lake city last night and played this really amazing show. And this, guy named Christian who used to bring us Cinnabuns back in like 2007, right? (laughs) He just, he was like a fan. And he's like, yo, these are Cinnabuns like that I made for you guys. Well, he has grown in his, in his cooking. And like, um, you know, um, I don't know that he's a sous chef, but I think he's trying to open up his own restaurant or something. And so he came out to the show and after the show, it's freezing cold. Salt Lake city. It's like 1130 at night. Him and his homie are cooking the most delicious tacos I've ever had in my life for the entire tour package, just cooking these tacos, man. And you know, he's, he knocked on the, on the bus door. He's like, Hey, can I like me and my buddy come up on the bus? Like we're freezing, you know, like, we're like, of course, like you just cooked the whole tour package tacos, like come hang out. And he's still a fan, like, and he still loves our music and it still speaks to him. And, and now he has his art, which is cooking. And he shared his art with us. And like we had this sit-down where we just got to be human with this guy. And we gave each other what we have, you know, and 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 I just thought that was really beautiful, man. I think that's really dope. And it's 20 years of this. And like this is my life, you know. So it's it's been a huge wake-up call for me as an individual, man, as a person, to really see the gravity and what really has been created here and it's like this awesome community of people and i just feel honored that i'm a part of it i hope that it continues to grow and one day when i hang my hat i can look at all of the other amazing humans that chose to um expand off of what we had to offer and it can continue to grow and move on and change change people's perspectives and and bring unity and and love you know
1: yeah, I, I what I hear and kind of from outside looking in is I see community through consistency. And part of that is I looked and you guys have had the same band lineup for almost 20 years, which is, as you know, someone in this industry, how rare that is just to not lose yeah. even, just, even just one member. Um, what do you think personally has kept you, you guys together as individuals and as a band? Yeah um the not willing to quit um has that has that have you guys felt at certain points like you want to quit i want to do something else i'm sick of screaming people every day
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean for me in the younger in the the younger me the the hard-headed stubborn young gun me had moments of you know reacting to situations or how much longer am I going to
1: take this, or what am I going to, you know, those types of thoughts? Like, and, like, like what, like what, like pressures from just like feeling like the industry was messed up, or just other like oh, what kind of things.
2: I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say like we're all we we were all best friends when we started. You know, like I came up from South Carolina. I didn't know any of these dudes. Like, um, you know, and and where I came from, like, uh, my parents got divorced when I was young, um you know, I had a lot of, I I was bullied a lot in middle school. Um, you know, I I lived in, um, some like lower income housing type of situations and stuff. And I was, I was taught, I was conditioned and taught, you know, at a young age that like the way you communicate, um, is by yelling, you know what I mean? Or being aggressive. And, And how you get your way is you submit the other person by using fear or, or tit for tat you know i wasn't very good at communicating and um i was kind of a black sheep you know in the band for for the beginning few years because i was great at what i did but that's because i was very emotional and i was very dramatic so um i was like a bull in a china china shop what
1: what works on stage doesn't necessarily work in an an existing (laughs) environment where other people are around you.
2: Correct. And I needed to learn and I'm very thankful for my band because of their grace and their patience with me and teaching me. Maybe they, you know, the, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I learned a lot. I grew up a lot. I experienced a lot on the road with these guys and, um, I would not be the man that I am today without them. That's for sure. But you know, the the willing for me to not quit, the willing for them to not quit on me, um, patience and grace and ultimately understanding. Because as we matured as men, going from young guns to adults, we started to realize that like, oh, Jake's, Jake's mad because he's broken, you know, because the dude is hurting because the dude is not well not because he's trying to be some tough guy, cool, you know, know-it-all, but, like, the dude needs help, you know? So, like, how can we help him, you know? Or, like, what can we do? And I think that that's what they did. And at first, I think it was, like, frustration because they were like, yo, this, this guy is really just, like, a loose cannon sometimes. Or, like, he's, he doesn't really want to be around us because he doesn't understand us or whatever. And so I just think years of, like, having these two worlds collide, And not to say that I'm, that I was just a bag of, you know, (laughs) rocks. I, I, I definitely, I believe, you know, helped unveil some other sides of the reality of life to them. And, um, you know, Matt and I, for example, you know, really two completely different types of men, but we, we connected, um, and were able to really learn from each other through the years of being in this band. And so I think that if you, if, if, if the question is, you know, how have you guys been able to, to keep the same lineup? I think it's because we have learned to have grace for one another. Um, try to learn how to respond versus reacting because, you know, when you react, uh, you're just reacting through your emotions and your feelings in the moment rather than responding and going, wait a minute, let's take a look at what's going on here. What's really the situation? And so, um, and also understanding your lane, you know, it's, it's a business. And I always tell people like rock stars don't last in this um, co- as a career. Businessmen do, because if you're a rock star every day in your life, like you're going, you're going about this the wrong way. It's a business, you know, you got to be professional and you got to, you know, everybody's got to contribute. You, you got to make sure there's not too many cooks in the kitchen in one area and you got to make sure that the cook in the kitchen is doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. So I think that like we as a band understood that and learned all right, what are my gifts and my tools and let me stay in my lane. Um and so that's I think how we were able to progress. Um I've spent years uh you know communicating with our fans and shaking hands at the merch table and the barricade and I created a nonprofit for mental health for our fans um, because I heard all the crazy stories and all the personal things that fans were going through and connected with our music that kind of helped them or encouraged them to go towards a path of healing. Um, so I really found my, my niche in the band, you know, um, JB and Brent, like they managed the band and they are very good at that. You know, still to this day. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so like, you know, we all have our, our places. Um, you know, obviously Matt, <laughs> I personally love Matt's drumming. I think he's insane. I don't know how he does it. And then Dustin is basically a prodigy. Um, you give that dude any instrument and like he's, he just takes it to the moon. So like everybody's got their place in, in their position. And I think that that really helped us validate us, fulfill us, give us purpose in the band and also bonding us Knowing that we got to lean on each other in certain times for certain things in order to see, succeed and um, and to progress, so um, I think that all all of that, all those variables within the equation, has given you August Friends Red a twenty year anniversary tour. You know,
1: yeah, it's 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 incredible, and you, you touched on about three different things I had in my notes just in that that <laughs> that, that, that one answer. So I kind of want to go go through them one one by one. Sure. Uh And the first thing is is I'm kind of i'm very fascinated by the individuals like yourself that end up expressing themselves as a vocalist through screaming and and aggressive vocals primarily right because i always feel like there's something in you as a young person because usually that's when people tend to to start doing this that goes this is how i want to express myself and it's usually coming from like you said some place of pain or darkness or or something that needs to be expressed, you know, through this medium. And it's, but I, sometimes when I see guys like yourself, when it is 20, 25 years in, here, like, man, did you ever think you'd still be like screaming? <laughs> like, like, what's your job? I scream, <laughs> I get on stage. And, and then there's like the vocal health part of it and like the consistency and trying to actually be able to do that for, as you said, 85 minutes a night, um, you know, what, what do you, what are your kind of immediate kind of thoughts about how you, you know, connecting those dots between that pain early, but also now it's like a career and it's something that you have to like kind of maintain. And seems like those emotions are still kind of there, but, but you approach them in a much healthier way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's funny. Cause sometimes I tell myself, like, I mean, you can go up there and you screen for 85 minutes. Like what you so angry about still bro? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like what you holding on to man, you know? Um but I think that you know there's so many different feelings that I feel on stage it's it, it it's wild like and I don't really know how to like say it. It's very intimate and it's very passionate and and some of these songs still speak to me. It's weird. It's like you know a Back Burner might have spoke to me when I was going through my divorce in 2015 in this in in a place where like sometimes maybe I would cry when I'm screaming that song because of the way the way it spoke to me in the moments I was going through something and now it speaks to me differently and it's almost like it's weird that the lyrics and the song is timeless in my life right um but coming from a young gun it was I was so angry at the world I was so angry at my family I was so angry and confused Cause like I, I, I just gone through the ringer. Like, you know, I was, I was sexually abused when I was a kid. Um, you know, my dad at the time of my parents getting divorced, like my dad, was my dad's six foot five. Like he was, a he was an actor. He was, um, a kicker in the NFL. He, he was very large, very aggressive and you know what I mean? And like kind of scary, you know, for like a little, little kid, you know, and like, um and being bullied and you know i used to sell like in school i used to sell i used to kind of hang out with like the gangbangers and stuff and i used to sell go to the go to the mall and buy like charms like wu-tang charms and rings and i bought like trident bubble gum so i would go to school and i would sell these items to make money because i realized that like my options were not good you know like my my education was not good. I, I wasn't in a good system. I wasn't, I didn't really have a lot going for, for me. And, uh, and so I had all this frustration, all this anger. And when I listened to hopes fall, knowing to speak of Norma Jean, um, you know, bless the martyr, kiss the child when, I, uh, poison the well, um, you know, just in a few, but like when I would listen to the, the vocalist screaming i i felt that's who i that's how i felt you know i felt like the only way i could tell the world how fucking angry i was and how lonely i felt and how how abused i felt was like resonating with this dude screaming it was like it was like no 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 this is so important to me this is so real to me this is so emotional to me that i'm gonna scream how i feel you know and i was like that's me and so immediately i was like drawn to it and what really got me into wanting to be a front man was when i went to my first show ever i was 16 years old it was a band called strike anywhere at this venue called new brooklyn tavern in columbia south
1: carolina i've been there played
2: there yeah that's my that was my old stomping grounds bro like I done some wild stuff. Do we, do venue, we did a bro. show
1: there? It was God forbid. Uh, All that remains. Uh, actually, what's the other band? Oh, Scars of Tomorrow and yeah. Tri- Trivium wow. the first tour, and it was like fifty people there. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's a banger of a head- of a of a lineup, bro. It was but, anyway. Um, sorry,
1: sorry to start to cut you off.
2: Oh, you're good. You're good. So, so I went to the show, you know, and like it's a small venue, probably two hundred cap, whatever the the ceilings are dripping, you know? And, um, and I see this vocalist, bro, he's got dreads and he's ripping on stage, like a lion, just like pacing back and forth. And he's, you know, he's preaching his gospel, you know, it's like, you know, how he felt and what he believed was truth and and what he wants for us and what he wants for life in the world. And, and, I, and, and he's yelling and screaming and, and I was just like, oh my gosh, bro. Like, this dude is unreal. Like, I've never seen this energy in my life. And he gets off stage and I run up to him and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, like, that was so cool, man. Like, I was like, will you sign something for me? And he's like, yeah, absolutely, bro. So I pulled a Sharpie and I'm like, looking for something to sign. And I have nothing, you know? So I pull out my arm and I'm like, yo, will you sign my arm, you know? and And he signs my arm. And he hands me the Sharpie. I look down at the Sharpie, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I look at his signature, you know, I'm like, dude, this is so cool. And I look up and he has his arm out and he goes, now you sign my arm. And I was like, what? Like, why would I sign your arm? You know, like, I'm not you, I'm not some famous, you know, dude or whatever. And, and in that moment, you know, cause I was, you know, I was very lonely. I was bullied. Like I, I didn't have men telling me I was equal. I didn't have men telling me that I was a man. I didn't have men telling me respect and honor, you know, like, and for me to ask him to sign my arm was, was the most honoring thing I could do to show him that like, I was so inspired by him and for him to do the same, to tell me that I'm equal to him. I'm the same as him. I am just as worthy as him. I am just as strong as him. Like that changed my whole life. I was like, if I can do, I want to do what this dude's doing, you know, like I want to do that. And, and I do do that, you know? And like, that's the, that's like my purpose. Like that dude showed me purpose and like no one else had shown me purpose. Everyone told me how I did a half ass job or I wasn't good enough or whatever. I'm not cool enough. I don't look cool. I'm not wearing the cool shit. I don't have the money. I don't have the thing, you know? And he was like, no dude, you've got purpose, man. And I went on this journey uh, to do that. And I, I made a promise to myself, you know, I know I'm a faith man, but like I told God, like, I'm going to like, thank you for giving me this man and him teaching me that I've got purpose. And now I'm going to go do this. So I go to the merch table, I go to the barricade, I shake hands. And when somebody says, we signed my arm, I, I have them sign my arm. And, and then I created my nonprofit Um, for mental health for people because um because i feel like that's my purpose you know and so that was that was really what was the catalyst for me to to do this and not give up and not quit because now i
1: had a purpose um and so i I went for it that's an incredible story thank you thank you for sharing that um absolutely And the other piece from what, what you said that I wanted to kind of talk about is you know I I've, I've used this word a bunch in this in this interview and that's the word consistency because I I think it's uh perhaps the most important element in having success not just in music but in any field right is just consistency showing up and you know I look at the records like pretty much you guys put a record out either every other year or made last couple records a couple you know it was a couple years between but that's probably just because of the pandemic and then even between that, you guys are putting out EPs, you're putting out live records, you're putting out singles, you're putting out Christmas records. Uh, I imagine that work ethic is purposeful, um, but is that from a – because you you, know, you spoke to this idea of like, hey, got to think about this, like being a businessman and all that. Is it come up more from like this kind of uh, – work ethic that's in your bones, or is it a forethought and a strategy of like, we have to be consistent with content and music and constantly giving our fans something and just being on top of that, or is it just part of your process?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question because I think, I think for seasons, it's different. So like, you know, when when the singer gave, and I I forgot his name and I feel so bad, but the singer from Shikinura, when he signed my arm, that gave me purpose. So then it gave me drive and I worked off that drive. Right. And I wasn't going to quit. And, um, and then we got to this place where we were like, okay, we're, we're all in this. We've kept steady with consistency through passion, desire drive, um, and have been motivated by the progression that we've made. Right. So it's like, wow, look at where we are. Well, let's keep going. Why would we stop? Right. And so that has carried us, but, but I want to, I want to say something else that I think is important for people who are maybe outside of this um, as their career or if they are in this, in the career and they feel like they're lacking the drive. What I have done, cause I've, I've, I've started a couple different um, adventures Um, I opened a a mental health slash physical fitness gym during the pandemic. Um, And I've never been a gym owner. Um, I opened, you know, I started my nonprofit and I've never led a nonprofit. What I realized is like before, if I'm lacking understanding for something or I'm lacking drive, I need to internally look at myself as to what are things in me or about me that are holding me back from finding that drive and willing to get a book on it, willing to listen to podcasts about it, willing to find sources that will inspire me or teach me so that I can continue. Because what I've recognized sometimes is that people get excited about something, they take a couple steps forward, and it's not too, too bad. And then they go and they're met with a challenge or friction or a blockade, and they start to get, you know, discouraged. Um, That's when everybody quits. Everybody quits there. And the reason why I'm here is because I chose not to quit, right? So the way I chose not to quit was I either just decided that there is no quitting, and that's not an option, or I went to find – ways to build myself up to get myself to a place where i could encounter that blockade and i could overcome it um so there's a lot of different variables and there's a lot of things that we can go off of to help us engage the next chapter um and you know some people don't have drive but they have dreams it's like okay well like let's find you the drive then What do we need to do? Where do you need to go to find that drive? And how can you support yourself to create that? Because it's like, I don't know, man. I'm just a firm believer that we're all unique. I think that we were created for two things. I think that's to give love and to receive it. And we can't do that alone, which is why I really believe in team building and community building. But I think that through our uniqueness, we have a very unique way of, conveying our love to others and not not necessarily are we always equipped to understand how to give that love or how to build it or create it and I also think and people can disagree with me and that's really fine but I also feel like society is trying to condition everybody to be the same or to fit into a certain place of This is how you speak. This is what success looks like. This is what you should have. This is what you shouldn't have. This is how you're supposed to, you know, who you're supposed to love and who you're supposed to hate. And I think that that's stripping away from who we are as individuals. And I think that because I believe that we're all unique, I feel like it's robbing us of the joy and the beauty that we could create on this earth together. And so that's why it's like, if the world's telling you, hey, man, you're not supposed to do that. Like my professor did, he said you got a point zero zero one percent chance of making it, you know. And it's like, okay, well, if I had taken that from the authority that was speaking to me that day, I wouldn't be here today. But I really chose to find the drive within me, even though when he told me that, I was crying at my desk, you know what I mean? Because like, literally, the dude shattered my dream. But finding the way, you know, and some of that was putting myself in places of fear. And stress and anxiety and sacrifice. Sometimes that was sitting down and going to music business classes or audio engineering classes, or um, or reading books or watching other frontmen and taking notes. You know, um, I reached out to Chris McLean from Stretch Armstrong. He used to be local to, well, he is local to Columbia, South Carolina. Stretch Armstrong is from there, and I remember bringing him a list of questions. I said, "Hey, man, I got questions for you." I want to be you, you know, and um, he goes, tell you what, I got a bunch of flyers here. You pass out all these flyers tonight. By the time you're done, I will have written down all the answers to all your questions on this paper. And I did that and he gave me all the answers and I was able to progress, right? I was able to be inspired again, be motivated again, get that drive back, get, get some passion, understand some of the blockades I was facing because I had someone who had wisdom, those types of things. And here I am in a band that I believe is unique, that has a voice that is unique, sharing my message, right? And I feel like we all have a message to share. We all have tools. We all have uniqueness. And so that would be my word is like, even if you don't have, you have the dreams and you have the desire, but you feel like you're lacking the ambition and the drive, that's okay. You can find it. That's okay. There are plenty of things that you can just take those little steps each day Of learning more about understanding more about, or, or at least recognizing that, okay, there is an opportunity here for this. I need to go over here, you know, and look for opportunities. Um, and that would be my, my words of of trying to encourage people of that, because there are times where, you know, you're going to be tired and you're not going to have the drive, but you're going to need to hang in there. Just hold on that fucking seatbelt. You know what I mean? So what does that look like for that day? You know? Um, but don't quit.
1: Well, I feel like uh, going into this interview, a, a lot of my, the crux and kind of like the kernel of what I was trying to figure out was like the secret sauce the secret to the, to your, your, your band's success. And speaking to you, it's like for five minutes, it's kind of obvious uh, because you know, you have a very, I think ambition and drive is actually a talent. Like I, I don't, I don't know if it can necessarily be taught. Some people are just born with that. And maybe that's like, like you said, dealing with adversity and that becomes the thing that inspires you to like, I'm gonna make it. I'm not gonna quit. Uh, I think there, I think some people are just built that way. And uh, you know, and everything you've had to say here is just, it's inspiring me. I'm like, (laughs) I'm ready to, I'm ready to conquer the world today. Cause I think, you know, you, the most important thing about any artist is you have something to say. And it's not bullshit it's actually yeah. it's actually real and that obviously is something that's galvanizing and then like you said when you take that to how you connect with the people who love your band but also with uh heart support and you know and, and it's kind of like this web right it comes out of that then it goes to your gym which is also about improvement and positivity and building and all that stuff and it's like all of a sudden you know you're just kind of that message and that energy, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And and I can see why people are, um, you know, attracted to that. And I, you know, it's, it's really impressive, you know, and I, I just really appreciate you, uh, sharing all this. This has been really, really incredible.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. I appreciate your time. I I do feel led to say one more thing. Sure. Um, now that we're kind of on this topic and I, um, and this is just because I feel like it's important, right. If anybody for people who are listening to this, but like perspective, man. Like there were so many times that so many people told me to stop or quit. And because I had the perspective that I had, I didn't listen. And I listened to me. And in those hard, difficult times, and I struggle with, you know, like, I struggle with this sometimes. I mean, just life life in general is just not easy. So like what you think and how you perceive who you are or what your worth is dictates your actions dictates what you're willing to do. You know, if you struggle with loving yourself or believing in yourself, there could be the best and greatest, most perfect opportunity for you. And you will not, you will not accept it because you don't believe that you deserve it, or you don't believe you'll succeed there or you don't believe you're smart enough or equipped enough. And that is all so important. Your perspective on how you see yourself and what you believe you can do. Um, and, and I just, I really want people to understand the severity of that because, um, because I have, and I continue to um, realize that like, in the moments that I feel like I'm not doing well, I can look back at some of the things that, or some of the things that I currently presently have that I'm grateful for, or the things that, you know, 16 year old Jake was, was dealing with versus 38 year old Jake. And, um, and that within itself can, can change the direction that you're going to go, you know, like, I've had some horrible things happen in my life and I could have chosen to carry those things into my life as my identity, you know, but instead I did the hard work of healing from those things so that they couldn't impact the decisions that I was making or how I saw people or what I would say to people or the people that I would bring in closer to my life. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so I just want to encourage people that, um, to get healing and to really have, try to have the best and healthiest perspective they can on, on who they are. And if there are things that you need to work on, please work on them because those things could potentially be robbing you of the joy, the purpose, and your, where your life is supposed to be. And I hate seeing people in a closet, holding tight onto the door, not wanting to let it open because they feel comfortable in the dark. They feel comfortable being alone. And there's a beautiful world outside of that door with people that are knocking on that door, inviting them to the party saying, please come on come hang out with us. We want you to be here and you're not willing to do it. And you live your life in that closet, man. And that's not where you're supposed to be. And just, just changing your perspective to understand that that's not where you're supposed to be. And it's okay that you're there, but you're not meant to stay there is like really what I want to drive home for people because man, you're so beautiful and you're so unique and you're so, you've got so much there and a life that like you deserve. And, and, and it all starts in your mind of like what you believe is right. You know? So, um, and I've had many things try to stop me tell me who I am. And what I'm, what I'm worthy of, or for, or what I should have in my life, and what I shouldn't have in my life, and that shit's, I mean, manipulation, man. You know, and it's, and it tries to hold me and chain me, and and uh, and I just don't think. I think we all deserve to love ourselves, um, and live the life that we desire. And I believe that through that same love, we can love others around us with that same love we start to have more grace and compassion for ourselves, we start to have more grace for ourselves and understanding. We start to understand how important our lives are. We'll start to do the same for the people beside us. Start to have more grace for your, your significant other or more compassion for your bandmate or recognize when somebody's hurting that you felt that hurt, you know, where they're at, and you can help them or you can at, at least encourage them in that moment. You know what I mean? Because dude, when the, when the, when it all comes said and done, bro, like all we have is who we are with, with each other because you know like nobody else cares like not this world's going to keep going you know and like that's why this music is so important to me that's why i've invested so much time into it and that's why i feel like i've also received that from the community you know i feel like they they love us as well and we love each other back we give love and we receive love and that's that's the beauty of this cyclical thing that we have here and like why i'm standing here and. This House of Blues doing 20 year anniversary. So I just want to encourage people, man, like, please like love yourself
1: and and understand that you you're worth it. Well, I think that's a beautiful message and a, a great place to ra- uh, wrap this up. So yeah, thanks man you, for your time, bro. Oh, no, no no problem. We have a new record Death Below comes out when exactly. So people know.
2: Uh, yeah, March 24th. Um, it's on Sharp, Sharp Tones Records and we're really excited about it um and we're still doing um this tour we're gonna have a little bit of a break coming up but we've got uh plenty of dates and we're actually going to be creeping into canada um, which will be exciting and fun because we weren't <laughs> haven't been there for years because of the covid you know
1: that's that's amazing and if people want to check out your um heart support uh non or even check out the gym uh where, where do they go to to find find out yeah, more information
2: absolutely so basically just a brief breakdown of what heart support is it's an online community. Cause like when I was going on tours, you know, talking to our fans, I mean, I'd go from city to city, state to state, and they would go home to the same situation. And it was like, damn, like we had such a great conversation, but I go on a van or bus and I leave, they go home. So it's online. The actual community is online. So anyone can go there and people just share. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, who you're in love with, what you believe in, what you've done or what's been done to you. Like you're, you're accepted there to share There's so many people that have gone through similar experiences. They can either share their stories. They can say, oh, this book really helped me. You should check that out. Uh, Therapy, resources, tools, all that stuff. But it's really a place for people to to connect and be heard and understood and go on their own personal, unique path of healing. Um, So that's heartsupport.com. You can obviously follow that at heartsupport on Instagram. We just had our own music festival with parkway drive rise against
1: yeah, huge
2: yeah the ghost inside spirit box in orlando florida um so we're trying to really you know engage um the music scene on that level um, and the gym is the your life gym which is based out of lancaster pennsylvania and it basically incorporates mental health and physical fitness because i believe that both of those are very much um intertwined so um, but yeah, man, thanks for the time, bro. Thanks for the shout out. And, um, sure. I love the conversation. Um, and let me know when, when this is going to hit so I can support you.
1: Likewise, I'm sure to be out in a couple weeks. I'll, I'll send it your way, all the materials and, uh, yeah, man, this has been really incredible. I'm so, so glad we got a chance to, uh, know each other a little bit more and just, Hear all the things you have to say, man. It's like now I got—I don't even need a second cup of coffee now. I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm high on on life after after this. But
2: uh. let's go, let's go. That's awesome, man. Yeah, right, I appreciate man.
1: it. Jake, take care on tour and just uh, keep kicking ass, man. Looking forward. To I hope to see you soon. Thanks, brother. See you. Cheers. Bye, bye. Cheers. So that was Ancestry, a brand new song from August Burns Red from their forthcoming album Death Below, which I think actually comes out the same day as when this episode airs on March 23rd and a uh, fucking badass song uh, features the incredible Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage, Times of Grace, my buddy. I love that man. I miss, you, miss you, Jesse. I hope you're doing all right. Hope to see you soon around the bend but uh yeah i hope you enjoyed the conversation with jake and uh man that guy man if he had a cult i'd join it i I just believe that motherfucker everything he says i'm like right, that's right we need more people like this (laughs) uh but no he's he's just got a great spirit and he's and just man what a great guy uh and thank you to him for for taking his time to be On the show that was that was incredible and uh yeah that song Ooh, that's a banger it's a good one it is a good one but uh on the other hand (laughs) i don't know if you guys been following the news See, i'm I'm leaving this 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 is like a poison pill right you thought you were getting a normal show and i just throw some bullshit at the end i'm sorry guys i can't some of this shit like i either i need to just Throw my phone away. Just don't read the news. Or I I got I gotta get this out somewhere. So th- I'm I'm sorry. I said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not I'm not apologizing. Fuck y'all. <laughs> you listening. You could do something else. You could turn it off. Uh y'all seen this this stuff that Donald Trump might get arrested, or he's probably gonna get arrested. And uh I it, it's so funny. I was thinking about this, I was like, it's weird. Like once he got kicked off like Twitter. It's almost like he never existed. Does, does that make sense? It's almost like we had this fever dream. Like, it's hard to remember him as being president. Now, I I remember the time, but, but I guess part of it is, I guess, I always thought of him as like, I mean, I guess he's the president, but he's not really the guy. Like, you just never thought of him as, like, really the president. It was like, well, you know, they let him... You know, it's like how you give a kid like a toy car and you're like, yeah, they think they're driving, but really you're driving. It's like, that's how I kind of always envisioned it. But, you know, but it's like, so it's like, when I think about, oh, Trump's running again, people are like, oh, he can win. I'm like, I really don't think he can win. I think we're, we're, we're beyond that. And even if he did, I'm like, you know what? I did pretty well during the Trump years, you know? I'm not you know I'm like I, I did it again I can handle it we'll be fine you know I'm sure there'll be you know some fascism and things like that we'll be fine though we'll get we'll get through it uh everyone <laughs> but no but you got these people flipping out that he's getting arrested and I'm just like dude he he ain't your boyfriend all right like everything this dude has done is criminal ish right he just that's the vibe he's he's doing criminal ish shit for like 40 years and it's like you know who like who cares it's like if he didn't do anything wrong he'll you know they'll go to court and he'll he'll get off and he'll be fine right if he if it's all bullshit it's hard to 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 win in court all right you you gotta be on a reasonable doubt that's that shit is hard but uh Michael Cohen, his lawyer, went to jail for this shit. It seems like he probably did some illegal shit. We'll see. But apparently, he's up for uh, the shit he did in Georgia and some other shit. Like, this might be the, the smallest thing that he goes to jail for. But I think it's better if you have a society where politicians go to jail. You got to keep these motherfuckers honest. If, And I think the whole reaction to it, that people being upset with it, is like, so are you saying, you're just saying one of two things. You're saying either he's incapable of doing anything illegal, right? Or like, are you just, cause it's like on the face, just like, this is a travesty. We have to stop this. I'm like, so is he incapable of doing something illegal? Like even if he does something illegal, it means it doesn't apply to him or there's just no way that he could possibly ever do something illegal. And that's just crazy to me. I mean, we have to leave open the possibility that anyone could is capable of doing a crime, especially this motherfucker. I mean, come on, look at him. You know, this motherfucker. I mean, he's like the the sixth mob boss, you know, you know, fit the sixth family in the New York crime family. I mean, that's that's how he carries himself, that's how he's behaved for a really long time. So, you know, and he's always essentially behaved as if the rules don't apply to him. So I don't know why this would be any different, but you know, we can go down, we can go on the rabbit hole with that forever. But I just think that mentality is very foolish. And it's like, people like, they need to go. Like, if if someone's in trouble with the law and your first uh, reaction is like, well, what about that person? I'm like, okay, well, they can go to jail too. <laughs> they got a lot of, you know, I mean, I know jails are full, but they got some room They should go after Hillary. Go after her, go ahead, go put her in jail. Don't care. They should get Hunter Biden. Throw him there too. Why do I care? Fuck these motherfuckers. I don't know them (laughs) who, I I mean, I I just think it's so weird to simp for a politician. And then people go, well doc, you're a fan of Obama. I'm like, listen, Obama ain't going to jail. All right. That motherfucker's too well-spoken. You put him on the stand. That motherfucker will talk his way out of that shit. He'll say do some inspiring fucking, I have a dream, lean on me, shit. And that motherfucker will be out out of fucking prison by 3 p.m. All right. For a late lunch. Okay. So whatever you got Obama on, I'm just saying. Like, i I might be mad for a little bit, but see, like, if you want, see, Obama would become like the new Mandela if you put him in jail. All right. That'll just help him. And all these people are saying, oh. This is going to help. This is going to help Donald Trump. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just going to take the people that love Trump already and make them more mad. But you only get one vote. Don't matter how mad you are, your vote still counts the same. Ain't no motherfucker like, you know, college professor who's like an independent who's like, you know what? Uh, Trump's got a couple convictions under his belt. I think he's got my vote. That's not how it works he's just going to look more shady and he's already unlikable so my my uh my advice to the trump supporters is let him go all right sometimes like this is the problem when you like you lost the last election and he was like no i didn't and then you were like no he didn't you didn't you can't learn from that when you just don't admit your failures it's important to learn from your failures but he's like i didn't fail i'm great you know, you get an F on the test and then no one tells you, and then you're like, you got an A, and then you just lie to you, you think you're doing great, and that's why you just, you're betting on a sinking ship. This is my prediction. I could be wrong, but like I said, even this motherfucker comes back and he wins, I'm mentally prepared for it this time. I'm good, you know? I'll be in on the joke with, with the rest of y'all. For those for those people, like, one of, my, one of my favorite type of Trump supporters were like, they just liked him because he was entertaining, which I'm like, that is a interesting reason to vote for someone. I mean, I I mean, on some level, I get it. Um, it is a bit of a clown show, and you know, Joe Biden is not that entertaining. But even people got to remember, like when Obama would go on like Tonight Show or something, or like, you know, that show he did with Seinfeld, uh, the comedians and cars. He he was entertaining, but when he was just presidenting, Obama was dry as hell. I, you know, after about. Six months, I was not watching Obama's speeches. All right, it was a little, you know, just talking about taxes and you know healthcare. It wasn't, it wasn't that exciting. He was, it was, it was pretty like, you know, he just seemed like he was working. Like he was like he was going to work. Here's this boring dude up at one in the morning reading briefs, eating one almond. Boring. Okay. But you know, listen, go out, put them all in jail. I don't care. But but just. This is, I just can't, this is, this is the dude that you'll like do the revolution for. This is the dude. It's, it's, it's insane to me, but you know, I'm telling you, these motherfuckers, they're going to just like me, they're going to wake up like 10 years. they are like, remember that? When we was just all about that one dude for some reason, you know, and you know, either he's going to be dead or in jail or some shit. And he like, man, that was crazy. Right. And they're like and the, actually, you know what, they're probably going to retcon that shit like George W. Bush. Well, you can't find one George W. Bush supporter now, even though this motherfucker got like sixty million votes. People act like they don't know. They're like George W. Who? Who? Who was that? I I never heard of him. Iraq War? Nope, never heard of it. I'm against it. I'm like every the Iraq War had like seventy percent approval in America. That should happen. You can't find one motherfucker now that tells you they were for that war. So it'll just be some amnesia. They'll be like Trump, Trump, who? Ivanka Trump. I never heard of Donald Trump. That's is he is he a new a new rapper? They're just, they're just gonna they're gonna forget about that. So yeah, if you're a... Trump shouldn't go to jail, person. Um, you're a fucking weirdo. All right, get some get get some get some hobbies. Okay, because most of our heroes are probably pieces of shit. You know, so it's all right. You t- take the L. Like that's it. We you know what we got to do. We got to stop. We got to let people. Like take the L publicly or quietly and just give it to them. Don't get on their case. Don't, you know, dunk on them. Just like that's the problem. No one no one wants to take the L and then get dunked on. So that everyone just sticks with it. So it's a rough one. All right. That was a that was a rant. You know? So whoever's listening now, um, I'm sending you uh salutations and I, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's it's a fun it's a fun topic for me. I like having fun with it. You know, don't take it too seriously. I know it's gonna be like you leftist, whatever. You know, cuck liberal, whatever. I get it. All right, I get all the soy. That's the one. Everyone's soy now. (laughs) And it was fucked up. My girlfriend's vegan, so there's definitely a lot of uh, vegan products in the house. But it's not me. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a meat eater, but they are very good. They. They've cut the vegan game has come up. So, motherfuckers gonna call me soy. All right, let's go to, you know, but I'm still thick in the chest. You know, I got some, you know, you gotta find a softer motherfucker to call soy. I'm just saying that. All right, so see me in the streets. All right, you got something to say? See me in the streets. I'm not saying I'm gonna beat you up, but I'm gonna be mad though. And I might look like I might beat you up. And then you realize, man, dude's kind of tall. And then you you think about it. So, you you know, bring your posse, but don't beat me up because I'm not that good at fighting. but You might think I will because I'm big. So just think about it. All right. Love y'all. Take care. Mama's out.